Welcome to r slash Petty Revenge, where OP gets a $3,000 payout from his toxic boss. Our next Reddit post is from Jenak. I got a job as an EMT after a six-month community college training course. I was woefully unqualified. I barely knew the basics, but the teacher kept saying, don't worry, the new job will train you when you're hired. I got hired in an ambulance transport place that just took people to dialysis and things like that, not emergency services. But there was no training. I was told to just figure it out myself. I didn't know what I was doing, and I quickly realized that this wasn't a fit, but I continued to try. On day four, I was let go. I had only worked four days total. I signed a paper with the reasons they were firing me, all of which I agreed with, so I signed. I asked if they had my check ready, and the man who was doing my paperwork said they didn't, but they would send it to me. Not exactly legal, but okay. I waited and waited. No check. I called to see where it was. I knew they were supposed to get that to me pretty quickly by law. I called a few times to see where it was. The boss lady was so rude. She would hang up on me, not answer my calls, and when I did get someone, they would say, we'll mail it. I started researching labor laws because this was getting ridiculous. That's when I found out that they had to give me a day's pay for every day my check is late, which is 150 bucks. So I stopped calling and started waiting. I finally got a check, but it was a payroll check. And it turns out that I had worked two days in one pay period and two on the next one. So I called again to tell them, and the boss lady just yelled at me. I waited another two weeks. I got my last check, and I filed my claim with the labor board for not getting my final paycheck in the time allowed by law. It had been about a month by then. The first meeting was a mediation where we tried to settle. The boss lady was not having it. She kept saying that she didn't owe me anything, and her offer was 500 bucks. She said that I was setting her up. I knew that she owed me closer to $3,000, and she didn't have a leg to stand on, so I refused. She stomped out and said that I'd be hearing from her lawyer. Next, we went before a labor judge. This time, that evil boss had done her research. Every excuse an employer can use for not paying me the last check, she used. She said I moved, that I never tried to call them, that they tried to call me numerous times. She said they tried to call me to get my address, but my number was changed. She said her husband was a cop and she was an honest person and that I was a liar and I did all this intentionally. She said I purposefully didn't clock in and the times were messed up. She also claimed a ton of different reasons for why I was fired. She claimed that I almost killed one of the patients. None of these reasons were listed on the paper they made me sign, and the judge called her out on that. I went home and printed off my phone records and highlighted all the calls. I also got a letter from my landlord saying that I hadn't moved, and I took it back to the labor board and dropped it off. I didn't get to see the judge again, so I don't know if the judge ever saw it, but I did win the case. Plus, the judge added four days because the last check was sent on a Friday before a three-day weekend. I was only supposed to be paid until the postmark date, but I got paid till the following Tuesday. All told, it was over $3,000. Our next Reddit post is from Top of the Morning. It was a cold winter day. Eight inches of snow had fallen the night before, and the windchill made it feel as though it were in the negatives in Fahrenheit. I drive an all-wheel drive SUV, so I had no issues getting out. My wife, on the other hand, drives a Prius, which slides with the smallest amount of moisture on the road. My car was down at the time, so we had to take my wife's car. 
I spent 45 minutes in the freezing cold shoveling that car out so we could get to the store. We were gone for an hour, and when we came back, our neighbor had taken the spot that I'd shoveled. Our apartment complex doesn't have assigned parking, but in the winter, it's understood that if you shovel a spot, it's yours. So when I saw his car in the spot that I just shoveled, I was pretty pissed. I went inside and filled two gallon jugs of water. I went back out and poured them on his windshield. Rinse and repeat. I must have poured 10 gallons of water on his car. With how cold it was, it was already freezing by the time I poured on the last gallon. It sat like that overnight. The next morning, I got to watch as he helplessly tried to scrape all those layers of ice off his windshield. Don't take my goddamn parking spot. Down in the comments, we have this story from Oh Thy Bear. My friend in Calgary had a neighbor who kept doing this. My neighbor is wheelchair bound and would spend a couple of hours creating a street parking spot for himself only to come home after 10 minutes to find that his neighbor had taken the spot. It was always the same neighbor. He even tried talking to the neighbor about it, and the dude just said that if the spot was open, he was taking it. My friend mentioned something about it in passing when he had a doctor's appointment and was making small talk, and the doctor asked him if he had a handicapped spot in front of his house. Apparently, he was eligible to get a handicapped spot designation on the street directly in front of his house. The city installed the sign, and during the next big snowstorm, the neighbor stole his spot again. My friend called the city and had the neighbor towed with great satisfaction. That guy never took his parking spot again. And then, beneath that, we have this story from the ghost of me. This reminds me of when my apartment complex repaved the parking lots, but they hadn't yet repainted anything except for the parking lines. My downstairs neighbor was disabled and required a handicapped spot that was two spots wide. The complex's super went ahead and painted out one of the lines to give her a double spot, and he put up a temporary sign saying that it was for that one tenant. Anyway, one night I'm out on my patio and I see the neighbor has parked in her double wide spot, but it was really hard to see the sign about it being a temporary handicapped spot in the dark. So if you didn't already know that, it would just look like someone took up two spots with an awful parking job, which is exactly what another neighbor assumed. As a sign of protest, he parked as close to the woman's driver's side door as possible and waltzed out of his car really satisfied with himself. I was just about to yell out to him to let him know what the deal was, but my handicapped neighbor had just come outside to go to the store when she came across all this. As the other neighbor was passing her, she just said a gentle, excuse me. He turned around, noticed the wheelchair, looked at both their cars, and then finally saw the sign. He responded with a sheepish apology and then ran as fast as he could to move his car. Fortunately, the painting crews came back after the weekend to finish the job, so it wasn't a long-running problem for her. But I still chuckle at the memory of him going from proud for having stuck it to some butthole driver to watching his body slump a bit when he realized that he was the butthole driver. Today's episode is sponsored by Sunbasket. Because of COVID, I literally haven't gone to the grocery store in like two years. Obviously because I don't want COVID to kill me, but also because I do voice work, so I don't think my fans would really enjoy my content if I catch COVID and I have to record episodes like, Welcome to r slash pro revenge. That's why I love, love, love services like Sunbasket. Sunbasket is a meal delivery service that delivers healthy meals straight to your door. They offer organic produce, sustainable seafoods and meats, and best of all, it's honestly really tasty. 
The other thing I like about it is that they don't only send you meals to cook. Like, yeah, you'll have ingredients and instructions for how to cook a healthy meal, but they also give you snacks, and who doesn't like snacks? Look, I'm just going to read the names of some of these dishes so you can get an idea of what we're talking about. Pan-seared salmon tikka masala over rainbow quinoa. Honey balsamic glazed chicken with warm cabbage apple salad. Chipotle barbecue tofu salad with black beans and honey mustard vinaigrette. Right now, Sunbasket is offering $90 off and a free gift when you order. Go to sunbasket.com slash r slash and enter the promo code r slash at checkout. Our next Reddit post is from Sumo Ninja. Years ago, I drove a tow truck and we delivered a lot of cars to dealers. One little dealership was notorious for having jerks working there. It was like all the high school bullies got back together and opened a car lot. I got a call on Friday after lunch from a client asking me to deliver a car to the dealership. They had to have it before 5pm, and if they didn't, then they wouldn't have to pay the towing bill. This would be no problem. The car was a couple of blocks from me, and the dealer was about a mile away. I hooked up the car and hit it to the dealer. It was 3.30pm when I left my office. I get to the dealership and go in to find someone to sign for it. No one would sign. They told me to just park it around back. Knowing what jerks these guys were, there was no way that I was going to leave it there without being able to prove they got it before 5. I talked to the new car manager, the used car manager, the service manager, and the finance manager. No one would sign for it, and they were taunting me almost looking for a fight. Okay. I dropped the car from my tow truck, drove it to their front doors to block it, got out, locked the car, backed up, and looked at the crew inside laughing. I backed up another couple of steps and threw the keys onto their roof. They lost their minds. I just waved and left. I was back in my office in less than five minutes. By this time, it was about 4.45 p.m. I walk in, and my boss was on the phone laughing. He called me into his office and put the call on speaker. Our client was on the phone, as was the general manager from the dealer. The general manager was a lunatic about his showroom being blocked by the car and me tossing the keys on the roof. My client and boss knew these guys were jerks and wanted to know what happened. I told them no one would sign for the car and it had to be there before 5pm. The general manager said, yeah. I said, so it's before 5pm and you're calling to complain the car is blocking your showroom. Yeah. At this point, my boss, the client and I were laughing hysterically. The general manager was getting madder until I could catch my breath and call his crew out for not signing for it. I said they were going to say the car got there after 5 so they didn't have to pay for it if I didn't have proof of delivery. That's kind of hard for you to do now because you're on the phone with me at 4.45pm complaining about the car on your lot. That dealer treated their customers the same way they tried to treat me. Less than two years later, the building was a mattress store. Our next Reddit post is from Coho. My tires had low pressure, so I decided to head to the gas station to air them up. At this gas station, there's one parking spot specifically for people airing up their tires. It's one parking spot with crosswalk-style paint on both sides so you have room to air up your tires. As I pull up to the compressor, there's a brand new Range Rover in the parking spot. I know he's not airing up his tires because those tires use nitrogen and even have those little nitrogen valve stem caps. Anyway, you never know what the guy's story could be, so I'm trying to be reasonable about it. I waited a few minutes and the owner never returned to his car, so I went into the store. I politely asked the cashier, do you know who's driving that Range Rover out there? And I point to the window. The Range Rover owner heard me and said, what's the problem? I said super politely, 
Hey, I have to air up my tires. Would you mind moving your car so I can use the compressor? No rush, though. I can wait until you're done. He replies, let me finish my purchase, in a way that was kinda dickish. He had a straight look on his face the entire time. I head outside and wait for him by my truck. He finishes his purchase, and he hits out front where he runs into two of his friends. They all three start chatting, and the guy doesn't seem to care about moving his car with any urgency. After a couple of minutes, I found this to be kind of rude, so I walk somewhat close to them and say, Hey, sorry, can you move your car real quick? He doesn't even look at me. He just maintains eye contact with his friends and gives me the hand motion of shoo or go away. This pissed me off. I was triggered. I jump in my truck and pull into the crosswalk painted portion where you air your tires. I turn on the compressor and pull the hose right over the hood of his Range Rover so it can reach my tires. He goes, hey, hey, watch it. And I respond, super triggered, then move your effing car. He replies, I'll move my car when I feel like it. And then goes back to chatting with his two friends. As I'm airing up my tires, they wander to the side of the store surveying a lot for sale next to the gas station. As I got in between my truck and his Range Rover to air my passenger side tires, I deflated his driver side tires at the same time. They weren't flat, but they were low enough that he's definitely going to be prompted with a low tire pressure message. I got in my truck and drove off, all while he was still talking with his buddies. I never got to see his reaction, but I'm sure everything will click as soon as he starts the engine and sees that message on his dashboard. Our next Reddit post is from Blue Collar Nerd. We're going a ways back here. I think that I was 8 years old, so this puts this story in the late 90s. I grew up on a busy street in a suburb. All the houses are basically right next to each other. On one side of our house, we had the grumpiest, most miserable old couple in their 70s as neighbors. We have a big family, and we enjoyed cookouts during the summer months. They hated us having parties, and we weren't even doing anything out of the ordinary. They were just the type of people who would complain about basically anything for no good reason. Well, it was my 8th birthday party, and we had our typical big family get-together. Well, my favorite gift that year ended up being a Globetrotters basketball. We had a hoop, and we had a blast playing around. Eventually, the day goes sideways when my ball bounces over the grouchy neighbor's fence. All that separates our driveway and basketball court from their backyard is a stockade fence. Well, our butthole neighbor was outside, so he grabs the ball, takes it into his shed, and stabs it with a screwdriver. I had never seen my father so angry in my life. But he's not an idiot, so he didn't do anything stupid. From that day on, he never let our neighbors enjoy their backyard ever again. We could see their yard from our house. And anytime they would go outside, he would go out back and crank up his air compressor in the garage and slam a basketball against the backboard as hard as he could until they went inside. He didn't even pretend for a second that he was doing anything but making as much noise as possible. He never gave up, never stopped, until the grumpy guy eventually died two years later. We take petty revenge seriously in this family. Thanks, Pops. Our next Reddit post is from Raven Griffin. So, my ex is seriously a narcissistic sociopath. I didn't know this when we first got together, but six months into the relationship, I figured it out pretty damn quick. I was pregnant because he secretly broke the condoms. Also, he made me quit my jobs. Yes, plural. He didn't work until later on in the relationship. That way, I would be dependent on him. Anyway, fast forward to the end of the relationship, and he started beating me. 
I called the cops, packed up my stuff, went to the hospital, and then the police station. My mom picked me up the same night and took me back to her house. Skip ahead two months, and my ex is behind bars awaiting his hearing. I went to his sentencing hearing, and not only did they let me speak, they let both of my parents speak. He couldn't speak to any of us. He had to just sit there and listen to whatever we said. My mom called him a shitty sperm donor and a no-good methed-out bum. My dad went off, and I seriously thought that he was going to try to kill him. 15 minutes later, and it's my turn. I go off and tell him he's a butthole and I hate him. At the end, just before I end my speech, I look him dead in the eyes and say, By the way, you have a tiny penis and it's shaped funny. And I swear to God, the judge had to turn around because she was trying not to laugh. It was the best day ever. The funny thing about that, OP, is that what you said will be immortalized in court transcripts. That was our slash petty revenge. And if you like this content, be sure to follow my podcast because I put out new Reddit podcast episodes every single day.